Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. to Jay Talk to the People radio show. I am the host, Jay. Welcome back, people, again. Thank you for tuning in today. And what is on your mind? As usual, I'd like to know. What is on your mind or minds? Uh, as we'll get into today discussing, I believe the gist or some of the points we'll be talking about is this natural mind, spiritual mind, and maybe the third eye, things like that and some kind of senses that we have. Indeed, Jay Talk to the People, you can find this program on iTunes, Google Play. YouTube and Stitcher. And if you have a Facebook account, you can surely visit Facebook, searching J Talks to the People, and there should be a group there with upcoming broadcast episode information. Any questions, comments? Suggestions about this program, utilize that email address, jtalks to the people at yahoo.com. And for those of you out there that are able to make it to this live broadcast today, you can utilize the phone number to the program, 773-897-6235. I do imagine at this time you probably would want to sit back and learn as much as possible, and that's what this program is centered around, learning, so we should be learning quite a bit today. Quite a bit today indeed with my special guest. Is this Mr. Curtis? Yeah, I'm here. How are you today, sir? Great. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Okay, no problem at all. Uh, What is um, off the left eye? What does it mean? Sure. So that's the, the title of our YouTube channel. And the phrase itself comes from an, a spiritual experience, I would call it, that, or a near-death experience that Emanuel Swedenborg had. Uh, this is a program as part of the Swedenborg Foundation. I'm sure we'll get into talking about 
who he is in a little bit. But off the left eye comes from he was had an experience where he was shown what it's like to die. So the process that we all go through someday, he was shown this is how it happens. And he said he described it as being a very gentle and beautiful transition. And he talked about having communication with angels while it was happening and that there were angels protecting him and kind of facilitating the process, sort of moving him along. Um, and he says at one point, he, he initially it was just kind of a, an emotional connection, but at one point he was given the use of his spiritual sight. So he was able to see then the angels. And it said he, he said that it seemed like a covering was peeled off of his left eye, which gave him this spiritual sight. And it's a symbol throughout Swedenborg of the, the power of um, sort of an enlightened understanding and, and the gaining of knowledge and the growing into wisdom. So since on their channel, we're trying to put information out and, and teach as much as we can, we thought that was a good fit. So it's, it's just a phrase lifted right out of uh, Swedenborg's writings. So this was an experience that, a unique experience that he had that he was able to report about after coming back from it, or is that the way it went? Yes, and he, he said, so that was sort of what Swedenborg did uh, for his whole second half of his life. For the first half of his life, he was, he was a scientist, he was, and he hadn't had any spiritual experiences, and he was making discoveries and writing things down. But then, in his mid-50s, he started to have these spiritual experiences, and he was used to writing things down scientifically for everything else. So when he started to have these experiences, he meticulously wrote them all down uh, in detail and, and sort of the larger themes behind them. So in this experience, he wrote that, yeah, I was shown how this works and I was allowed to stay conscious enough so that I could learn it and then write it down and pass along to all of you guys. So he ended up, after he started having these experiences, writing a huge number, 27 big books full of, of information about, you know, the spiritual world and life after death. And so, yeah, he takes the time to spell it out for us so that we can take it and kind of use it as we'd like. How long has this show been running? What, you know, started all this, and uh, I think you might have touched briefly on the purpose of it, but what started all this? How did this, how long has this been running, going on? Sure. Yeah, so, the, I mean, the the show is a product of the Swedenborg Foundation, and the Swedenborg Foundation has been around f for 150 years. I mean, we, we, it's been in a couple of different forms, but it was formed by groups of people who were reading Swedenborg's books shortly after he died. So Swedenborg lived in the, or was publishing in the mid-1700s, all this stuff. So way before uh, the accounts of modern spiritual experiences that we hear about now. But so pe some people after his death, you know, found his books and thought this is cool. And so they got together a group and they were reading and eventually they formed a foundation, which was really just to uh, keep the books in print and translate them. And for a long time we were doing that, um, but recently have been started to move into various kinds of social media, YouTube, Facebook, to try to get these ideas out, get people interested in talking. So this show that I'm working on, is it started, our first broadcast was a little over two years ago. Um, and we've been doing that every Monday since we'd made some other video stuff before, but the idea of doing a, a weekly hour long program came about then. And really, when I first started it, I didn't think anyone would want to listen to a whole hour about Swedenborg, you know, because no, nobody knows who Swedenborg uh -huh. is. And you know, and just like, okay, nobody's, but people were interested and it began to grow and grow and get more popular on YouTube. And so I thought, okay, well, we got to really do this. So we, we sort of bumped up our graphics and, and got more serious about um, really writing and working through complex ideas. And so the audience has kind of kept it going because we get people writing in and saying, Hey, this, this is really powerful to me because it's not just, 
So Swedenborg is describing his experiences, but other people say, hey, that's just like something I went through. You know, so people, other people find connection to it. And even people who hadn't had an experience, the things he tells about the way life works, they say, oh, that, that's comforting or that explains something. So it seems to connect to people. And so that helps us keep going uh, and, and know that it's something worth doing. So it's part of the mission of the Swedenborg Foundation. And it's, it's part of, for me personally, it's a way to, you know, give people things that are hopefully helping them out in life. So that's basically what the audience probably how they got an attraction to this kind of content and interest is that basically they started finding a connection to it, basically, you think? I think so. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of different ways people find the connection. Um, some people have had what you would call spiritual experiences or near-death experience of their own, and they went and saw things. And, you, you know, we're all familiar with people who have written books about those. Uh, even Alexander did it recently. Raymond Moody kind of started the whole thing. So there's people who have had these. So some of those people find Swedenborg and say, oh, I've experienced things just like that. Other people who haven't had any kind of experience like that, still when Swedenborg is talking about the nature of life and the way that life after death works and the purpose of life and the nature of God and what's it all for, they they find that oh, this, this makes sense to me, and this is moving, and it's just, it, it feels like it, it paints a picture of the world that, that feels true. And I think that's another way that people connect to it. Other people are just interested, and other people just accidentally click the wrong video link on YouTube, and they get there, and then they leave. But there's, so there's a whole mix of people that are interested, and I think for, for a lot of different reasons, but mainly because of some kind of connection that they, that they feel when they're hearing the ideas. All right, so just brief, a brief bio of information, probably some things that you haven't mentioned already. Um, who was uh, Swedenborg? Yep, so Swedenborg was on a track to become one of the, the greater scientists. Uh, I think if, if he hadn't done this spiritual experience writing down thing, we would be hearing about him in all of our textbooks, you know, alongside Newton and those guys, because he was really making a lot of discoveries. He was at the forefront of anatomy. He was doing uh, mining and working with materials, even even things like designing um, early prototypes for aircraft and submarines. So a Renaissance kind of man um, and, and was, was pretty successful at it. Um, however, he was sort of unsatisfied. He felt like there was more to life and he really wanted to figure out how does all this stuff I'm learning about the physical world connect to something spiritual? How, where's God in this? And he was trying to find the seat of the soul. So he was working in anatomy, looking at, at um, how the human body was structured and trying to figure out, you know, where's the soul in there? Okay, I see, okay, there's a, there's a brain, there's a heart, but where's the soul? Like, where, where does that come in? And it was during his work on that, that in particular and a few other things that he began to have what, what were first um, a series of vivid dreams that got more and more vivid and he wrote them down and they seemed to have more and more meaning. And then eventually he had a vision that he says he saw Jesus Christ and, and sort of had this new path in life opened up to him. And then from then on, he was having spiritual experiences, not just once in a while, but, but every day all the time. And he was writing about those and he was setting out sort of, Hey, here's the basic framework of life. This is how it works. I'm going to tell you plainly about, all the, the, the mysteries of spiritual things. And that became, he, he dropped doing his scientific stuff. It's not that he didn't value it. He said that 
his learning about how the world worked helped him to understand how the spiritual world worked and the two kind of or the, the, the physical sciences were a foundation for what he learned, but really his life mission became get the word out. And so he published books and he sent them to universities. And he was hoping that that from there it would spread throughout the Christian church of his day and throughout the world and, and hopefully change the way that people, um, ch- change some things about the way people were doing religion and, and sort of uh, introduce a new understanding into the world. So that, and of course, if you switch from being a scientist to t- saying you talk to angels and you're, there's going to be a lot of people who don't believe you. There's going to be people that make fun of you. And he, he lost a lot of popularity through that. And some people liked it, but, but a lot of people didn't believe him. And a lot of people wanted to attack what he said because it didn't always line up with the, the prevailing Christian doctrine of the day. And other people thought, what, what are you doing leaving science for this, this sort of mystical nonsense? So, you know, he kind of fell off. Uh, there's some people, obviously, who are very interested in him, but most of us haven't heard of him. And it's because he, he took this, this whole different direction. But there have been some notable people throughout history that, that like Helen Keller comes to mind, for instance, that, that Swedenborg had a huge influence on them and they went on to influence the world. And so there's always been sort of a community of people interested in Swedenborg and through the web. Now we're trying to uh, get a new group of people to have access and see if uh, anything he wrote is interesting to them as well. So there's a, there's a little bit about this Swedenborg, the, the man, and then the, uh, the legacy. Okay, everyone, you are listening indeed to Jay Talk to the People Radio. I am the host, Jay, speaking with my special guest today, Mr. Curtis. Curtis, host of Off the Left Eye of Swedenborg and Life series. I happen to stumble upon this show, Off the Left Eye of Swedenborg and Life, uh, which speaks about and discusses the natural world that we are in and for us to have an open mind and start looking towards the other side that I do have strongly belief or have a strong belief that it is there awaiting soon as I pass over. So uh, what is, what is the, uh, Curtis, what is the overall result of, of that has occurred of hosting this show, and what's the result you seek or set out to seek doing this? Yeah, right. Well, the past couple of years hosting this show have been a lot of fun for me because I was never expecting to have as many people as there are interested in in Swedenborg. I had been reading him, but I knew that there's very few people, uh, very few other people in the world who'd been doing that. And I didn't know if anyone on the internet would be interested. So like I said, I, I tried it out. And what, what's, what it's done for me or what, what the experience has been for me is that I get to hear back from people because people write us comments and, and emails and that kind of thing from people of all kinds all over the world who are deeply affected by the message. And so that's, we, I see not just people saying, oh, that was interesting to learn, but really things like this, this changed my life or this helped me with this thing that I, I couldn't sort out. So to me, it showed the power of those kinds of ideas. Like you were just talking about the idea of there's another world that's real and it's, it's there when we pass over the way that it's described in Swedenborg makes a big difference in people's lives. And I've been surprised by how, how quickly people, um, how quickly people are open to, message how how people can just come in like you were 
click on YouTube and find something and say, oh, I love this, and then then watch another show and another show. So it's been surprising that, that people are interested, but it's also been very gratifying. It's really convinced me that there is value in his works and that it can help. And so if it can help people, then I want to keep putting it out online and seeing what it does. So that the result that I set out was just to try to get anybody at all to, to listen about Swedenborg. I didn't think, yeah, I didn't think anyone, I thought maybe we'd find a few, but we found a lot. And so now the, now the mission is just keep, keep making it better and, and, and more effective that, you know, try to reach other people, try to make the messages clear, try to give people not just something that's interesting, but something that they can use to improve their lives, make, make them kinder people, um, make them happier people. And, and ultimately it, it might sound cheesy, but make the world a, a better, happier place. So now what is the spirit or either in general, what is the spirit in context of this show? Sure. So Swedenborg talks a lot about the spirit and he says that, that actually the thinking part and the feeling part of you and I is a spirit. So the conscious part of us is our spirit and the spirit is working in tandem with the body all the time. The two are linked at every, okay. at every single point. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so we're having like a, a spiritual experience right now in our own way, just, just being able to, to, to connect with each other and talk and, and just be conscious. Uh, and he said that the spiritual world that, that this afterlife world is actually all around us right now. We just can't perceive it because we're, perceiving through our physical senses you know, that, that what happened for Swedenborg where he was able to see it is just that he, his spiritual eyes were opened, but we all have spiritual eyes. They're just closed while we're using our, our physical eyes, but people can break through that. And he said that the spiritual world and then the physical world are in this constant communication. One affects another, even, even um, people who have died and, and passed on. Uh, it's not like their impact is gone that, that we, that when we get something uplifting or positive, that's actually coming in from heaven into us. And so there's this, this interplay all the time of the spiritual with the physical. And that while we're in this world, we're actually sort of forming our spirits. The, the, the things that we care about, the, the kinds of choices we make sort of define our spirit and, and grow it. And that sort of what we're doing in this life is choosing who we want to be and then when we, when our physical bodies die, that that, that true us is, is our spirit, and we go on to live a life in the spiritual world. That, but but we take some of our who we are there. It, we you know we get more expansive, and there's it's a bigger, better life there. But the, we're sort of sort of laying the foundation for it every day while we're here. Have you ever had any uh, fear, or at least in the past, about you know making a transition from this? dimensional realm to the other have have i yes um yeah i i think so um you know in theory you know you say um oh i i believe in life after death so it's not that scary but there there, i remember i'm thinking of one time when when i i wasn't actually in any real danger but i didn't know it at the time i thought oh maybe i'm what if i died here um, and I did realize, oh, I don't want to do that. And I think there's this natural um, inclination to stay alive, you know, and, and to fear the unknown. Even if it feels like it's known, there's a part of it that's not. So it's not that there's no fear at all. However, in general, I I don't walk around worried about that. And I'm pretty confident in the model that Swedenborg and others describe as being the truth. And, and this everything that I've heard about it 
the waking up process, uh, what that life is like, seems like actually it, it's better, you know, like it's, it's a pretty, pretty wonderful situation. So I'm not feeling like I'm, I'm worried about that. I'm, but I'm also not feeling like, Oh, I want to get there because Swedenborg talked so much about how this life is important. Like I was just saying, we are, you know, laying the foundation that there's important work being done here. So you, you, you don't want to tr- be in any hurry to get out of this place because there's, there's huge spiritual benefits that we can get from what we do here. It's kind of like when you're, if you're going to invest money, you know, if you've got like a kid and, and you say, all right, I'm going to put a little money away from them now, for them now, by the time they get to college, it really mattered that you put that away because that money has grown. Well, here it's like even the work we put in in this life, just to just to do the little things, you know, try to be a more loving person, try to not do the things that are harmful to people, you know, pursue what's good, shun what's harmful. Um, that can have huge spiritual benefits. So even though it might not seem like it, every day is an opportunity here to to progress. So I feel optimistic about the other side, um, but also pretty grounded uh, in this side and, and its importance. Now, you probably touched on this briefly and discussed in segments of this. Uh, please you know, describe detail to help those imagine what a spiritual experience is like or an out-of-body experience. Okay, and I, I think that they're very different for different people. Um, and I, I haven't had one myself, so it's all armchair stuff for me, but I've, I've heard people describe a whole spectrum, everything from, there was a guy who talked to us who was just laying there and then suddenly his consciousness was up by the top of the ceiling of the room. And he was able to look down, see everything from that perspective. And you'll get that a lot in sort of classic near death experiences of you're out of your body. You can even look and see your own body. And sometimes that's it. Sometimes that's the whole experience. You come back into your body and you just, what's that? How was that possible? On the other end of the spectrum, there are these elaborate experiences people have where there's some kind of physical trauma or something. They leave their body, but then they go into this, they go through this tunnel of light. They end up talking to, sometimes it's angels, sometimes it's God or Jesus or beings of light. And they have these huge conversations. They learn all these amazing things. They feel this unconditional love. All over them, they're shown these amazing conditions in the next life, and then they're told, you've got to come back. There's still things that you have to do. And then they come back, and they write a book about it. And Swedenborg described all, all kinds of experiences and everywhere in between. And he was a little different because he was having them so regularly, and he was having them what I would call lucidly or, or at will, that he could decide, oh, I, I'm going ha- to travel today. I want to learn about this. I'm going to go ask some angels, what's the truth about love and wisdom and how do they interact? And he could actually go there, hear conversations and then come back and write about it. So there are people who report, um, you know, experiences that are a little more frightening. There are some that are very comforting. There seems to be a whole spectrum, but in general, they leave you different that you don't look at life the same afterwards. You have sort of a more expansive view of life. Um, your, your priorities are different. People will often come back and say they care more about relationships. They care more about learning and about their impact on people. Sometimes as part of people's spiritual experiences, they will actually get what's called a life review where they go and see the way that they impacted everyone else in their life. So usually when I'm walking around, I'm just thinking about myself, right? I'm, I'm Curtis. This is how I feel. This is where I am. But there you see, how did me saying that make this person feel? 
how did me doing that make these people feel? So you really get to be aware of your impact on people. And so people have these experiences and come back with this uh, will to, to be aware of that and to make sure that they're making good impacts on people. So there's really all kinds of spiritual experiences, um, but they all sort of share this life transforming effect. Now, have you seen auras? Have you done an aura test on yourself? I haven't. I haven't done an aura test. Um, I've talked to people that have seen auras. I've talked to people that could, you know, said that they could see things about me, um, like you know, that they can see auras and that kind of thing. But um, but what what's the aura test that you're talking about? Uh, yeah, it's a basic one where it was demonstrated where you can put your hand in front of a bright uh, white background and you know slowly like move your fingers and not don't look at your fingers look between look between your fingers and concentrate on the white background and mm-hmm. from I guess your your peripheral sight you will see like beams of energy or what you can call maybe shadows, but there's no shadow there. And yeah. they said that's how you can see energy or aura. Okay. Hey, I'm trying to do, I have a, a laptop in front of me. I'm trying to do it on there, but I don't really have a good white screen. So you did it. And did it, do you feel like you, you got to see those, uh, see something there? I did. And the funny thing is I've done that before and I didn't know what that was. I just thought it was like oh, okay. really just an illusion of my eye, mm-hmm. and um, I'm thinking, well, maybe that might be some evidence we could see with our natural eye that may be tied to eternal spiritual energy. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Swedenborg definitely talks about spiritual. Um, he calls them spheres or auras. Um, he says that in in the spirit, um, you actually have an aura that is always around you. And this is sort of a projection of yourself outside yourself, meaning your the quality of who you are is there. Like it's tangible. It's perceptible. People can, can experience it in various ways. They can see things. They can often smell things that, that sort of tell them about who you are, you know? And he says that there is a physical analog to that, but he doesn't talk about it much, but it could be, you know, things like you're talking about that there is this on a, a physical level as well. as sort of like an, an echo of that, happening spiritually but but yeah that's cool i like how simple that test is i'll have to do it uh, after the show so um what's your take or response to you know skeptics that might say you know that that aura business or that test was really just an illusion in your brain and the out-of-body experience was actually some kind of uh biological or you know function of the brain after death or something like that you know yeah. is that really just you know, tons of speculation, or they're just trying to always find some type of ra- rationalization. What do you think? Yeah, so I've I've gotten to to talk to a good amount of people who are, are skeptical of anything supernatural on different levels, and I think that um, in general, right now, there's not a definitive answer either way. That the, there's a lot. Um, the, there's no scientific um, proof that that their consciousness can't survive death and that kind of thing, right? Which, which everybody acknowledges who really is doing science because you can't prove a negative like that. So I think there's sort of categories of people. Some are just anti anything non-physical. They, they, they just want to argue about it. They're not into it. Um, other people 
are genuinely interested in, in learning what's true. And when you talk to those people, it generally ends up well, even if you're disagreeing, um, you can, you can find common ground. Um, so what I would say is, you know, there, there are concepts that you can test for yourself to an extent. Like what I do with Swedenborg's material is I look for how does it show up in my day-to-day life? There's not all of it that you can test, right? So there's, there's certain things that I can't try to replicate that he did, but there are certain things that I can look for just in the patterns of the physical world and say, does this seem to reflect what he's talking about spiritually? So I would say there's lots of different levels of, of proof. And it, it's something that if, um, if somebody is not wanting it to be true, they're never going to allow any kind of discussion on it. So what I would say is keep an open mind and don't be, some people I feel like are overly critical of anything that seems to point towards spiritual being real, that they, they want to go after it with more vigor than they would go after something that pointed in a different direction um, for whatever reason. So I think there's kind of that, that bias in the conversation right now. Uh, I do think overall you do want to be rigorous about the claims that are made and about testing them um, to the extent that you can, but I think you want to, you don't want to have it become like a politicized sort of hostile thing. So, um, what I would say is also with the spiritual experiences thing and whether or not it's true, there's just such a wealth of independent reporting of those things. And I think Swedenborg is a big uh, indicator for this because you have this modern near-death experience phenomenon where people are talking about their out-of-body experiences and, 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 and all, of all kinds. And you could say, well, they just read each other's books. But Swedenborg was doing the same thing. He was doing it you know, 250 years ago. Uh, and but and using different language, but describing once you once you read into it, uh, a, very similar things. So there's not a lot of people that read Swedenborg. I very much doubt that he's responsible for the modern near death experience phenomenon. So to me, it's like if if all these people are independently having these experiences, there's got there's something to it. Like there's something there, and there's no science either way that says they haven't proved oh that this is just a reaction in the brain. There are some guesses about what it is, but what, what there's the hard problem of consciousness, you know, how, how does a conscious experience emerge from physical molecules moving around? There's still, it's still a very much a gray area. So anybody who's coming at you with certainty really on either side um, is jumping the gun a little bit. So I think all of us are doing our own little investigations through life of what, how, how do you pursue truth and what is true and how do you, what are you looking to test and how do you test it? So, I would say it's not an easy answer on either side of the conversation, but there should be a little more breathing room for people to disagree peacefully and be open to each other's viewpoints because we're ultimately trying to look for, for what's really true. And like I said, for me, the stuff in Swedenborg is, is often practically evident for me, so I don't feel like very much pressure, like, oh, if, if I can't prove this thing, then it's not true because so many there's too many threads that have led to um, correct understandings of things for there, there's obviously something there to me and I'm continuing to discover, you know, what exactly is that? So those are a couple of thoughts on, on that question. Yes. And these 30 minute shows just fly by. I swear. <laughs> are well. you willing to come? What's that? I was just gonna say, yeah, we're already at 30 minutes. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was, were you willing to come back onto this program in the future? 
Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. And where can people uh, find find this show and everything, the content and all that? Sure. I, the easiest way is go to youtube.com slash off the left eye. You'll see all of our recent episodes there, everything we've uploaded. So, And from there, you can get links to everywhere else. So youtube.com slash off the left eye. All right. Good. Uh, what do you like most about this show and what you do? Um, the the impact on people when when they say that this these ideas from Swedenborg were able to help them out of a place of pain of some kind where something is hurting them they're suffering in some way and this, these ideas alleviate it that's the best thing that I could hope for so whenever we get response to that extent I feel like hey I did my job. Excellent. Well, sir, I thank you for coming on the show today. You made a good show. Thanks, man. It's great, great being here. All right. Thank you. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Have a good day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.